Welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Diogen Tirandekura. On this show, you will discover the realities, the successes and the struggles of business management and information technology consultants in the fast-moving B2B world. So stay tuned if you want to know more about what it takes to have a consulting lifestyle. Hello and uh, welcome. Today I'm going to make an episode that is um, a biblical reference, but I'm not talking about the Bible. I will not be talking about religion. It is just something that I'm going to apply to consulting. And this is the seven deadly sins applied to consulting. It was an idea of an episode that I already had since, uh, since a while. And I believe that uh, those deadly sins applied to consulting say a lot about the life that you can have when you're working on projects and collaborating with uh, other people, whether you collaborate with, the, with your client and you're the consultant, or you collaborate with uh, uh, your colleagues uh, as a consultant, uh, collaborate with people that are, uh, that are above you, people that are uh, politically involved in the project, different stakeholders, uh, you will see those seven deadly scenes being applied to uh, consulting, mostly in B2B consulting, of course, and in the context of uh, of um, a software implementation project. This is the context in which I am most familiar with, but I'm sure that uh, even though you're not in software implementation uh, project, uh, you might find similarities with what I'm going to say. So the first deadly sin that I'm going to talk about and apply to consulting is the deadly sin of lust. Lust is uh, mostly related to uh, having uh, strong and uncontrolled sexual desires. And to consulting, what I would say is that as a consultant, you might have lust because maybe unknowingly, uh, you will want to uh, prioritize the number of sales that you can get versus building the long-term relationships that you need to build in order to do a proper consulting. Again, we are in a context where we do B2B consulting, where it is uh, skills that take time to be uh, to be built, or at least it is skills that are uh, not easily gained. And in order to uh, provide the best service possible, you definitely need to build relationships uh, because it is high-touched and uh, because it is high-stakes. Uh, for your uh, for your clients, but instead of prioritizing the building of um, long term relationships, you will uh, prioritize the number of sales that you can make. And you think that the more sales that you do, the better you are uh, as a consultant, or the better your service is. Uh, and I don't think it is uh, it is true. Uh, I, I think that uh, high ticket consulting is not a question of. Uh, of numbers in terms of numbers of clients, but more uh, it's a question of uh, how deep you can go uh, with the quality of the service that you provide. So lust is uh, something that uh, naturally quite a lot of people may have, and consultants may have it. But when you do uh, uh, when you do high ticket B two B consulting, it, it's definitely a, a sin. It's definitely something that uh, personally I don't advise. The second one is uh, gluttony and. Even though gluttony can be uh, related a little bit to food, you know, you want to you want to eat too much and uh, too much in a little space of time. Gluttony, I would say, it's more to uh, consulting is more um, when there is a team achievement, when there is a milestone that is reached uh, on a during a project or when it is the end of a project. You don't want to share the credit for the success of the project or. Uh, the success of a uh, specific deliverable. You want to uh, to get everything, uh, all the credit for yourself. So you start to act in a, let's say, gluttony way, uh, because you uh, you are not um, 
acknowledging the work that the team has done or the work that all the people all the stakeholders or all the people that have been involved uh, have done and you want all the credit to yourself that's something that happens mostly when you are in a uh, an employee you know in a consulting uh, firm and there is a lot of um, competition in order to get promoted to or to your next hierarchical level so for example you're a junior consultant in one of the big four consulting firm and you're like uh, there are maybe 50 junior consultants like you and you absolutely want to get all the credit for uh, something that has been uh, that has been achieved on the project uh, you will display uh, gluttony behavior in order to uh, to get a personal gain such as getting a promotion that is something that i have seen quite a lot the third one is greed you know i, I don't know if you uh, if you know that, uh, that that movie the the wolf of wall street where someone is saying that the greed is good and it was related to investment banking financial markets and you can also see that in uh, in consulting so some people might think that greed is good that you need to be uh, you need to be greedy to uh, to succeed that most people that are successful have some greed in them I believe that this one, uh, as I said, it's related to uh, it's related to lust. It's related to take on clients that you can uh, than what you can cover. But compared to lust, where I believe that you can have lust and not being totally aware of it, uh, whereas greed, you're completely aware that you're unable to serve properly new clients. However, you will still take them just because it will bring you more revenue uh, at that moment. So you become greedy. And instead of uh, when you're over capacity and you have an interesting client coming to you, instead of thinking of maybe, okay, maybe I should increase my uh, the size of my team, so hire new people, or I should find other ways to deliver my, uh, uh, my services. Maybe I should build a course, or maybe I should build a, a series of videos, etc. And then maybe me uh, show my uh, direct availability at a specific time slot so that I can serve them in an optimal way. Uh, you know that you can't serve them properly, but you would still take them on. Uh, you will still get them as new clients. So it, it's related to lust, uh, but it's more like a, you're conscious that uh, you cannot serve them properly and you will believe that greed is good. <laughs> so uh, that's why you would, uh, you would be taking them on as a, as a consultant uh, or as a, a consulting firm owner. The fourth one, uh, and um, apologies with my uh, French accent, uh, I will have uh, trouble to uh, pronounce the fourth and the fifth one. Uh, it's a uh, sloth. Uh, so when I say sloth, it's uh, S-L-O-T-H. And, and sloth is related to laziness, uh, related to uh, not wanting to uh, take the required action that you know you should do in order to solve a problem or in order to inform your client or in order to just get the project going forward. And laziness is um, applied to consulting. I want to say that it's, for example, someone that knowingly is charging more hours than what they are actually doing. So. Uh, you have consultant that have a, uh, a contract that says, okay, you can work 40 hours a week. They have uh, 20 hours of work actually, or they have 10 hours of work and they, uh, they just charge it. They don't, um, they don't take on, if they, if they uh, have less than 40 hours of work, they don't take on additional uh, responsibilities or make, make additional initiatives that are uh, actually moving the project forward uh, in order to use that, uh, that time as productively uh, as possible. But they uh, they just take on those hours. They just charge them, but they don't do uh, they don't do much more. And they decide not to inform the client that they are quite available. Actually, also uh, another form of um, 
uh, of laziness is when you uh, knowingly know that you can help out uh, your uh, colleagues because they are less experienced or because they they are having trouble with uh, uh, something that is uh, that they need to do that is out of their comfort zone but you will not do it so you will just uh, leave the situation as it is and let the project also not uh, progress so um, being a sloth is also a deadly scene that i have seen uh, well I, I don't want to say all projects but i believe so <laughs> uh i've i've seen that a lot so i've seen that uh, it, it's very common uh in, uh in in consulting the fifth one uh, is definitely something that i have also seen a lot is uh uh wrath uh, uh, so w r a t h so the lack of anger management and the lack of em- uh, of uh, emotions control so as adults and as uh, and as professionals we can find ourselves in a lot of stressful situations the stress can be caused by many things sometimes it can be caused by things that are outside of what is happening at work you uh, might get angry and it's uh, it's normal I, i believe it's normal to be uh, uh, to be angry it's normal to we need to accept that emotion uh, however how do we react with it should we completely contain ourselves or uh, should we express ourselves in a clever way that's what i that's what i believe i believe in the second uh, the, the second alternative i believe that we we should accept our emotions but we should um, act in a clever way uh, towards it react sorry in a clever way towards that because anger can lead you to write a uh, an angry email with uh, everybody in reply to all uh, i have made that mistake a few time and i believe it's not good it can lead you to make rash decisions about uh, the position of uh, someone a role that you give to someone a role that you remove from someone someone that you remove from the project that is something that is uh, also uh, uh, also not good and also there is that uh, misconception that the angry manager is like the tough the tough manager that gets everything done it's not a, there is no real rule saying that the, the harder you are to work with or the the most disagreeable you can be at work it means that you are the toughest and it means that you are the best no it does not mean that sometimes you're just someone that is just difficult to work with someone that don't want to make the work on him or herself in order to be more agreeable but also uh, someone that is just nicer to work with and still get the results uh, that are required it's not because we find ourselves doing a project in which a lot of work has to be done in a short amount of time that we need to be a very bad person about it i just don't want to to say a swear word <laughs> there is a swear word that i was thinking about uh, starting with the letter a Uh, and there was an age in the middle of that word if you if you can guess <laughs> you don't need to be that you 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 can uh you 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 can be that uh sorry you can be efficient you can uh get your team to act you can get your team to get results without uh having to be uh, someone that is very difficult to uh, uh to work with and someone that uh, uh once the project is done we really don't want to see you or hear you or work with you again that's not uh, the type of results that you want to uh, uh, that you want to have at a personal level the sixth one in terms of a uh, deadly sin is the the sin of envy today with social media i think envy has become even bigger than before because a lot of people in b2b consulting we don't see that too much actually to be honest we don't we we see it less than uh, in other professions i would say that maybe we see that more in uh, coaching in uh, maybe in, uh, in in social media marketing maybe in fitness Uh, we, we see we, we see we see it a, a, a lot in professions where maybe uh, visual is important and also uh, people that are doing uh, b2c and uh, where numbers 
in terms of numbers, I was talking about lust, but the numbers of clients that they can get is uh, is pretty uh, is pretty important. And envy is uh, something that is not good as a uh, as a B two B consultant because we are a constellation of micro markets. So, for example, SAP Consulting is a is a market in itself. It's an industry in itself with its its own hierarchy, own types of consultants, its own uh, types of uh, rates, hourly rates that are uh, suggested by uh, independent consultants. So it's difficult to compare an SAP consultant with any other type uh, of consultant. If I talk about in terms of uh, money or in terms of uh, a business model, in terms of um, type of clients that you get, it's very difficult. Uh, it's very difficult to uh, compare a uh, consultant that work exclu- exclusively with a private equity firm, uh, maybe high-end private equity firm versus a consultant that work with solely with not-for-profit organizations. So what are their measures of success? Maybe the, the consultant that work with private equity firm is not looking at working with 50 private equity firms per year uh, because he has to provide a high-ticket B2B consulting service. And by definition, it's very difficult to go the numbers perspective because it's high touch uh, and that's and high stakes. So that's why you get uh, quite uh, quite a lot of money for it. But that's also why you cannot uh, uh, work with many uh, many organizations at the same time or many organizations over the same year. Whereas um, uh, I was uh, taking the the example of uh, not for profit, but actually not for profit is not necessarily related to the number of not of pro- not for profit organizations you work with. Uh, but depending on the type of service that you provide, you might be measuring your success according to the number of clients that you get. So envy uh, is something that is um, prevalent. Uh, you see it in uh, you see it in consulting, but you don't necessarily see it on social media. Uh, you see it more inside a consulting firm. So uh, I was talking about uh, competition. I was talking about within within a consulting firm, but we also have envy with regards to the type of projects that you get uh, hired for. Uh, some people or some younger people are uh, hired for a more exciting project than others, or they get better roles than others. They build better relationship with some partners of the firm uh, than, other, uh, than other people that can also create envy because they have managed to create better relationships. They also managed to be aware of uh, internal initiatives that uh, other people are not aware of, and then they get um, leadership roles in those internal initiatives. All those things that I say is things that I have seen in the past, and that can create envy, but I don't think that envy is something that will help you. It's not the, the proper... It can fuel you for a while, but it's not the, the right fuel long-term. Long-term, what you need is to think about your own path and how you can... Uh, how you can reach it, uh, regardless of what the other people are doing, because um, what other people are doing always look more exciting, always look better uh, when we have that feeling of envy or when we have some doubt about our own uh, path. Sometimes the people that we think are uh, doing so many amazing things or uh, going or so far away from uh, from where you are, uh, when you start to speak with them uh, in a more intimate way, uh, you will uh, understand that they also have their own doubts. Uh, they also think that maybe they have made wrong choices at some point in their life or right now they're making wrong choices, etc. So everybody has his own internal battles to uh, cater for. So um, 
envy is not something that uh, you are, uh, it's not the right fuel uh, for you, whether you're in a consulting firm, whether you're independent or whether you have built your firm and you compare yourself to other companies because they, they got more revenue than you or they got more recognition than you in a shorter amount of time. Just think about how you can uh, build your, your career path or your uh, uh, business model uh, the best way, uh, the, the best way you can and try to uh, forget about others, but learn from them. And last but not least, pride. So what I told, what, what I mean by uh, pride, I think it's uh, a lot related to uh, ego boosting. And ego is important. Uh, I believe that we need to have some uh, uh, some ego and some uh, pride, but it can always be misplaced, and and we can always have too much of it. So uh, one uh, manifestations of uh, having it too much, and I, I talk about it in a context of a uh, consulting firm, is when you use your title, your title in the, in the company or your role in a specific project to behave differently with uh, others. So uh, when we were at the same uh, same hierarchical level, whether it is on the project or whether it is in a uh, uh, in, in the firm, you get promoted before me or before someone else and you start to act differently so acting differently in itself is not a, it's not something bad I'm, i will say that it's more you start to behave differently uh, because if you're a leader you have to act as a leader but the behavior is more related to something that is a, an internal a, a human a human quality and if you have the human quality of uh, respect if you have the human quality of empathy if you have the human quality of um uh, hard work, work ethic, uh, is something that you can keep with you at every hierarchical you will uh, have or every wall that you will have. Uh, but when you start to act differently, so you were respectful before, now you're not, uh, you were diligent before, now you're not anymore. You were actually listening to, uh, to, to, uh, opinions of other people in order to progress. Now you don't do it anymore because you have gained a new title or a new role in a project, then that's misplaced pride that uh, you're using uh, in a project. And uh, pride in, uh, in consulting, it's uh, something that is prevalent uh, as well. We need to have, uh, again, we need to have some pride, but it can also be uh, uh, really misplaced. Uh, sometimes we, uh, we like to say that uh, we are a, a leading uh, leading edge firm or we have, we are building leading edge solutions. We have, uh, uh, leading methodologies. Uh, but sometimes it is just not even backed up by the truth necessarily. Sometimes it's a truth that you want to uh, build uh, for the future. Uh, but if you are in a context in which you are building for the future and you say that you are leading edge, you will need to prove it, uh, pretty quickly. So, uh, pride is something that uh, we need to, uh, we need to pay, uh, we need to pay attention to. Uh, a bit like lust, it is something that we may have, but we are not noticing that uh, we are actually uh, actually having it. So uh, these were the seven deadly sins uh, that I wanted to uh, explain and elaborate on this episode. This is the 99th episode, actually. So uh, the 100th episode will be uh, will be uh, will be on soon, and I'm gonna make a special one uh, out of it. Uh, however, uh, what I wanted to say is, if you want to get in touch with me. I am uh, Diogen Tirande Kuha, the host of Consulting Lifestyle. I am available on LinkedIn, uh, on my personal LinkedIn. You can uh, send me a, uh, a direct message. I am uh, pretty uh, fast in answering, or you can also um, uh, contact me by email uh, at uh, info, uh, I-N-F-O, at erphappy.com, E-R-P-H-A-P-P-Y.com. So I hope uh, that uh, those seven deadly scenes explained, applied to uh, consulting have been useful to hear from, uh, for you. 
and uh, let me know what you think. Let me know if you have seen those uh, deadly sins being applied in a project or in your firm. If you have been guilty of those uh, seven uh, of those seven deadly sins yourself, I will be uh, very interested into hearing about your story. So uh, thank you very much, and we uh, go back together next week. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. Leave a review on iTunes if you have enjoyed the episode and subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified to hear other episodes with your host, Diogène Tirandekoura.